You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition, we're going to be talking Aaron Ramsdale, Takahiro Tomiyasu, Ben White, and Arsenal's new look back line in general. We're also going to be touching on a couple of other bits and pieces. We'll be talking about Emil Smith-Rowe, who's in demand over a new boot deal, and we'll be reflecting on some comments with regards to Mikel Arteta and Edu made by Arsenal legend Robert Pires. So lots and lots to get through on this edition of the show. Don't forget, drop your questions in the chat box throughout. We'll pick up as many of those as we possibly can. I'm really, really looking forward to interacting with you all. And uh, it's just nice, isn't it, to be podcasting on a Monday after a victory in the Premier League, back-to-back Premier League wins now for the Gunners, which has lifted the mood dramatically. And I guess the point at which I want to start is... Yes, it was Norwich. Yes, it was Burnley. We know, I think, that anybody sensible knows, realises, recognises, understands that Arsenal beating those two sides doesn't necessarily mean that we've turned the corner or that all the problems that we had right at the start of the campaign or at various points during last season have just magically disappeared. But it does give you a bit more confidence going into the huge North London derby coming up on Sunday. Of course, there's a small matter of a Carabao Cup knockout tie against AFC Wimbledon to come on Wednesday. That's the game sandwiched in between. And hopefully that'll give us an opportunity to see some of those fringe players given some game time. I say small matter. I was joking. It's, you know, it's important because Arsenal are without European football this season. Therefore, the significance of the domestic cups, in my opinion, uh, actually increases. So, Yeah, looking forward to getting down to Emirates on Wednesday evening and checking out hopefully some of those players that we haven't really been able to have a good look at at the start of this season. And then, of course, as I say, the attention switches towards that North London derby. But we're not going to start focusing on that just yet. We're going to look back and we're going to continue to react to that win over Burnley because I think for me, although the performance wasn't amazing, I think there were lots and lots of positives to take away from it. And that's why I'm feeling encouraged. That's why I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, And I've been thinking a lot over the last sort of 24, 48 hours about Arsenal's defence, Arsenal's new look defence, how that is going to stand moving forward, how we're going to look moving forward. If it's something that we should be cautious of getting carried away about because of the opponents that we've just played, or if we should be confident, or if we should be looking at this back line and saying, yes, You know, I think Mikel Arteta's finally found something or built something here that we can be proud of as as fans of the club. Now, you think about some other examples of rebuilds at football clubs, and I guess the one that we've been compared to on numerous occasions is that of Liverpool. Similar profile of club in terms of being a very, very big football club that were nowhere near where they should be by rights in terms of how competitive they were. In came Jurgen Klopp. He built that side. Only he built the side from the front first, didn't he? Um, Salah, Mane, Firmino, etc., etc. And then we saw 
the additions of Virgil van Dijk and Alisson, which really took them to another level. Mikel Arteta seems to be building the other way round. And building the other way round means starting with the back line, starting with the defence. We've talked a lot about the number of players he's turned over since he's taken charge of the club, and it, it is a lot. And some of those signings weren't necessarily signings that you would say have been huge successes, i.e. Cedric Suarez, i.e. Pablo Mari. But what those signings have done is added depth, have added strength in, ter- in that sense anyway to the squad, have plugged holes uh, during a period where we couldn't necessarily go out and splash the cash on the players that we wanted. And players who are now part of the squad, not necessarily starters, but part of the squad. There have been some really good signings, though, from a defensive standpoint, and and that is impossible to deny. I think Gabriel has been an incredible signing. I think when you consider what Arsenal paid for the Brazilian and I guess how high his ceiling is, you can't help but say it was a, a very smart, shrewd bit of business from Arsenal. And I think at periods last season, he looked very strong. There were other periods where he looked a little bit off the pace, a little bit off the boil. He struggled with form when he returned from COVID. Was it COVID or an injury? But he had a period out where once he returned, he didn't necessarily look the same player for a little bit. And it was very up and down. But you're expecting Gabriel now, having had that season to settle in, to really take it to another level. And I think if you look at his performances again, albeit against Norwich and Burnley, you see somebody there who is, in my opinion, a massive part of this club's future. You know, people talked a lot about Ben White, £50 million signing in the summer. And people talked about him being the spine or, or part of that spine of this new look Arsenal team. And actually, I would say that just because he costs less, maybe it's gone under the radar a little bit how important Gabriel is in that as well. Because Gabriel, for me, is is a lot of the things that Ben White isn't. And that's why I feel like this partnership will grow, will flourish, and they both hopefully will complement each other. Ben White, extremely comfortable on the ball, extremely cool and calm in pressured situations, sometimes too cool and calm, you have to say. Um, You know, maybe question marks around some of his physical attributes. Is he strong enough to really mix it with some of the more physical centre-forwards? Is he good enough aerially? I know there's been talk about that. I know he... There was a stat going around about how many aerial duels he won against Burnley and that kind of encouraged people to think that actually it's not that big of an issue. But I do think even stat aside, you know, that is one of the issues that Ben White has. But then you look at Gabriel and you look at all the qualities he has. I think he's got more pace. I think he's stronger. I think he's not as good as at progressing the ball. I don't think he's as comfortable with the ball at his feet. But physically, he makes up for a lot of the issues that that Ben White maybe has. His reading of the game is very, very good. And I'm excited about what this partnership has and, and how this partnership can develop and how we can move forward with it. And I think you have to be. You look at Kieran Tierney, a left back that we are very happy with. You know, yes, his form has not been as good as it has been at certain points during his Arsenal career in the last few weeks. But we know what a top quality player Kieran Tierney is. And the only ever doubt I've had about him has been around his fitness. You look at the right back situation now, in comes Takahiro Tomiyasu, who is the perfect hybrid between a right back and a centre back, complements Mikel Arteta's system perfectly, but also, you know, also is someone who's, you know, clearly got the right attitude, looks very committed, uh, 
brings, I think, something to the team in terms of setting the tone when it comes to work rate, pressing, etc., etc. And I think that the issue we've had with Mikel Arteta up until this point, and look, I'm not saying his management is perfect. I'm not saying there are not areas in which we still desperately need to improve. I'm not saying that he is 100%, you know, erased all the negatives that have been against his name over the last few months with a couple of back-to-back wins against sides who we should be beating. But it's quite clear, isn't it, that Mikel Arteta is the type of manager where maybe at times you'd say he overcoaches. But if you are that type of manager where there is such a huge emphasis on systems and such a huge emphasis on your players delivering your tactics down to a T, then in a lot of ways, you need specialist signings. And I think that's what he's got in Takahiro Tomiyasu, a specialist signing, someone who is, as I mentioned, the perfect hybrid between a right-back and a centre-back, therefore the perfect player to play that position in Mikel Arteta's Arsenal team. Why? Because we know that Arsenal like to push the left back on. We know that Kieran Tierney likes to get into those spaces. We know that whoever plays from the left will drift in field and create those channels for Tierney to run into. And therefore, in Mikel Arteta's mind, it is imperative that the right back can slot in as part of a back three or can be a little bit more conservative when he needs to be. And Takahiro Tomiyasu, as I say, fits that bill perfectly. You talk about Ben White. We needed a ball-progressing centre-half. We needed a centre-half who was going to come in, bring a lot of the qualities that David Lewis brought to the side and also complement Gabriel, who maybe isn't necessarily the greatest, and I'm not saying he's bad at it, but isn't necessarily the greatest player with the ball at his feet. So it's it's very much as though the project is beginning now, like this season was the start of it. And obviously the first three games didn't go as planned and you kind of just have to write that off now and put that in the back of your mind and look forward. It feels like it's all starting now. It feels like we're seeing a new look Arsenal side, a new team, and hopefully that will breed better uh, outcomes, better results, and hopefully some success. But the frustration, I guess, as Arsenal fans, and it's a valid frustration, and we talked about this a bit over the last few episodes, is that in the eyes of a lot of Arsenal fans, actually, this point should have come sooner. And, um, you know, and I agree with that. I think there have been a number of factors that have played a part in Arsenal not getting to that point earlier on, i.e. not being able to shift players that were at the club, not being able to get rid of dead wood, not being able to resolve the futures of a number of players who clearly didn't have their hearts and their heads with the football club at that point in time. Obviously, restrictions around spending. You've seen Arsenal finally this summer kind of really say, well, you know, we do need to invest and we do need to invest with the future in mind. So it's been a real shift in direction, shift in uh, philosophy. And uh, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Now, we talked a lot about the the project and we talked a lot about Edu and Arteta in the opening weeks of the season. You know, it was, oh my God, Arsenal not performing. Um, you know, the players that we've brought in, are questionable in terms of, well, do we know that they're going to pick up this team and and take them to another level straight away? Or is it a bit of a gamble? And and I think hearing Arsenal legends, ex-Arsenal players, particularly those on the continent kind of coming out and talking about how the Edu and Arteta relationship actually could be a real positive thing for Arsenal has given me a little bit more confidence, especially in an age where it feels like ex-players are just 
waiting in the wings every time something goes wrong to stick the knife in. So it's really nice to hear from Robert Pires today, uh, who spoke to Lekeep. He said, in regards to Edu and Arteta, they're very close. They have the same ideas on football and like the same player profile. Moreover, Edu would never sign a player without Mikel's agreement. On paper, it's a complementary duo, which can bring a lot to the club. So Robert Pires, confident in, in the fact that Arteta and Edu are at the helm uh, at Arsenal Football Club and confident in their ability to take things forward, which makes me feel a whole lot better. But I just wanted to focus on some of the individuals when we talk about that new look back line and what they've brought to the team, albeit we're judging this on a really small sample size. And I wanted to start off with Aaron Ramsdale because hands held up, right? I was one of the guys when we were linked with Aaron Ramsdale that said, why? You know, why are Arsenal at a time when there are so many positions that need addressing going to go and spend in excess of £25 million to sign this goalkeeper from Sheffield United, who's been relegated, you know, on a number of occasions. Why are we doing it? It doesn't make sense. My view was Leno could be the number one. Leno could wait. You know, Leno could, sorry, we could wait. We could keep hold of Bern Leno and make that change next summer. And maybe we were better served going out there and bringing in a experienced goalkeeper, perhaps in the twilight of his career, to come in and play second fiddle to Burn Leno. And Arsenal said no. Arsenal said no. That's not the plan here. We are building a new team. The goalkeeper is a very important part of that. And they went out and got hold of Aaron Ramsdale. Now, Price, questionable. But if, of course, Aaron Ramsdale continues to perform in the way he has at the start of his Arsenal career and goes on to be the club's number one for the next six, seven, eight seasons, maybe, then all of a sudden it doesn't look like a crazy amount of money and it doesn't look like a crazy signing. And I have to say, Aaron Ramsdale, and long may it continue, is making me eat humble pie at the moment because not only does he make good stops when called upon, but he brings a confidence. He brings a bravery. He brings communication to the back line, things that have all been missing from Arsenal for so, so long. I've talked time and time again about the style of goalkeeper that I like, me personally. I like goalkeepers to come out and catch the ball. I like goalkeepers that are always on their toes, that are alert, that take the pressure off of their defenders when they can. And I think Aaron Ramsdale's done all of the above extremely well in his early Arsenal career. He brings an energy. He brings a passion. You can see him constantly in communication with his teammates and picking people up when they drop their heads, perhaps when they're feeling the pressure a little bit, being the first one to congratulate someone when they do something positive. There was a bit, a picture that was going around on, on social media of him uh, stepping up to defend Kieran Tierney when he had a clash with a Burnley player. And I love that Aaron Ramsdale's just all in on this Arsenal project. And, and you know, he's been put in as the number one. He's been brilliant. Um, he hasn't conceded a goal in the Premier League in his two appearances so far. And there is no reason to drop him. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. I think when we talk about this new look back line, what I've enjoyed about Mikel Arteta and, and his kind of decision making process in recent weeks is that he's gone. No, you know what? I could have easily brought Aaron Ramsdale in, as, as Dan DeLuca pointed out on our show yesterday, and left him for a few months and, and eased him into the team. And nobody would have really raised any eyebrows. But he's gone, no, this is the future. 
You know, this is the future of this football club. Aaron Ramsdale's the future number one. And bang, I'm going to put him in there and I'm going to leave him in there. And he's going to show the fans what he can do. He might make mistakes along the way, just like everybody else in the team. But he will develop and he will, for me, um, you know, be my number one for many, many years to come. So I think that takes balls from Mikel Arteta. You know, it does. Maybe it suggests that Mikel Arteta is aware of how long he's got from the club's point of view to get Arsenal back to where they need to be. And perhaps that easing of pressure on Mikel Arteta off the back of that has led to him taking decisions that, you know, he sees that will benefit us in the long term and maybe don't make sense when looking solely at the short term. So I'm not sure, you know, we're going to have to wait and see, but I think it's incredibly brave of him to do that. I think that Bern Leno is halfway out the door. We've been saying that for a while. So it's nice to hear um, that Aaron Ramsdale uh, is, you know, impressing behind the scenes, but also on the pitch as well for all of us to see. And uh, he's winning me over. He really, really is. And I've got to take my hat off to him because I was one of the people, admittedly, who wasn't sure if that was the right bit of business to be doing, who wasn't sure if Aaron Ramsdale had what it took to step into a club like Arsenal and hit the ground running immediately. But what do I know, eh? Clearly. I wanted to talk also a little bit about Ben White because I criticised Ben White quite a bit in the post-match reaction show. And when I watched it back or listened to it back, I felt that I might have been a little bit harsh, but equally didn't feel like anything I said was unfair, if that makes sense. So perhaps I let my emotion and my tone kind of be dictated by the fact that I was really frustrated by a couple of moments in particular regarding Ben White during that Burnley win and possibly should have reserved commenting on it until a little bit later down the line. But I still think the point stand. I still think that with Ben White, I wanted to see a bit more ball progression against Burnley. After all, as I've mentioned already, that is what he's been brought into the side to do. I feel like he slows our play down sometimes. He likes to put his foot on the ball, take his time. I know it's the idea of dragging people out of position, almost enticing them to come out and press you. But in the first half, when Burnley didn't press us, I found it frustrating that we were taking so long, knowing that they didn't want to step out. And then we weren't able to pick those passes up in between the lines and get the ball into the midfield. So I thought he could have done more in that sense. I thought he could have been a little bit better. I expected a little bit more imagination. And obviously there was a couple of errors in the second half, wasn't there? The back pass uh, from which Aaron Ramsdale saved him coming out. And, and that's what I'm talking about with Aaron Ramsdale, taking the pressure off of your defence and being alert. He was very quick and sharp to react there and uh, fair play to him. He'd done a fantastic job. But going back to White, I'm not writing him off. You know, I think that he can, I think he can go on to be a very, very successful signing for Arsenal and I hope he does. And I think that there are a lot of attributes that Ben White has that are very rare in English centre-halves, if I'm being honest. And I think that's why he stands out. I mean, you think of the Spanish centre-halves of yesteryear, you know, the Carlos Puyols, the Gerard Piquets, and you'd have looked at those, the Sergio Ramoses, and you'd have looked at those guys and gone, yeah, you know, they were really good on the ball, but also they were elite defenders in that they would always put their bodies on the line. They'd always be there in the mix of things, always there when anything kicked off. Ben White, has those kind of continental qualities, if you like, but is an English centre-half. And I don't think that that's something you find every day. 
people look at Harry Maguire, for example, and you look at him and yeah, he's an effective center half, but is he silky? Is he, has he got that much ability on the ball? I think he can play the right passes. And I think that's something he's improved on, but does he have that natural talent on the ball? And I would probably argue no. So Ben White is a rarity in English football and we've snapped him up and we've brought him in. And I think he will come good for Arsenal. But I think there are games where he is going to be a little bit exposed. There are games where his shortcomings will be magnified because opponents will isolate him, I think. I think if you're a big physical striker waiting for a long ball to come from your goalkeeper, naturally you're going to pull out to Ben White rather than Gabriel because there's a real difference in the qualities that those two possess. And I feel like, you know, that that will lead to him being targeted and that will lead to him at times being put in really sticky situations. But as I mentioned on the tactical analysis show, I thought what was really good about Arsenal on Saturday was that they identified that, they realised that Burnley were going to do that and they made contingency plans around Ben White in order to help him, I think, win those aerial duels, to help him be a little more comfortable and, and part of that was Thomas Partey dropping into the back line as an extra man. Part of that was Takahiro Tomiyasu tucking in. And I just think that Mikel Arteta, for me, on that day, showed that he'd learned a little bit from what happened at Brentford on the opening game of the season, albeit with a, he had a really weakened team that day. Moving on from Ben White, let's talk a little bit about Takahiro Tomiyasu. And I touched on him briefly as being someone who looks like he's played in the Premier League for years. Feels like that perfect hybrid. But again, you know, the point I really want to emphasize is, is the attitude. It's the work rate. It looks like there is a team spirit in this Arsenal side that we've questioned whether it actually existed over the last year or so. And I think that is down to these guys looking around at one another, appreciating one another's talent and saying, you know what, we can, if we knuckle down and get our heads down and really work on our game as a collective and work on the the things that the coaching staff are pulling us up on, we could really go on to achieve good things here. We could easily uh, push on in the next couple of seasons and re restore our Champions League status. And I think that Takahiro Tomiyasu is somebody who is in that sweet spot in, in the sense of, yeah, he's experienced. He's played at international level for Japan. He's played games in the Serie A for Bologna. But this is a completely new thing. This is a bigger club. It's a bigger challenge. It's a big project. And he just seems genuinely delighted to be here. You know, Ben White, another player, come from a smaller club in a new environment now, knows he needs to step it up. Aaron Ramsdale, you know, he talked about how much he dreamed of playing like a football uh, for a football club like Arsenal and how excited and how buzzing he was to be joining. So these guys, not only are they young, not only do they have potential, but they're hungry. And sometimes when you get too much too soon as a footballer in your career, that hunger can can dissipate quite early on in your career. But these guys, I think, are just in that sweet spot. And that's why I think that when we talk about specialist recruitment, it's not just about positions. It's about bringing in people with the right mindset, with the right attitude. And in Aaron Ramsdale's case, especially the right character. And I think he absolutely is the right character. You can see his passion and enthusiasm even coming through your TV screen, which is fantastic. So look, really, really uh, pleased by what I've seen of him so far. Although I do recognize that there is a long way to go uh, before, you know, we're talking about him going on to be this Arsenal legend or Arsenal hero. 
But so far, so good. And although the scorelines haven't been particularly inspiring in those two wins I've mentioned over Norwich and Burnley, I think there are plenty of positives to take away. And I think going into the North London derby, you should be upbeat. You should be quite confident and you should feel as though we can certainly uh, beat them at the Emirates Stadium this coming weekend. And that would be lovely, wouldn't it? As Kevin Keegan would say, I'd love it. I'd love it if we beat them. Famous old clip if you ain't seen it. Maybe you're too young. Google it. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's quickly talk a little bit about this <laughs> Emil Smith Rowe uh, boot deal. Now, it was uh, reported earlier today by David Ornstein that Emil Smith Rowe is being courted by a number of manufacturers regarding a boot sponsorship deal. Now, he was with Nike. That deal's expired. The new one is yet to be agreed. And Emil Smith Rowe has a six month period now whereby he can. Um, he can wear, he can only wear, sorry, Nike boots, but can speak to other companies about taking on an offer from them. Now, why do I bring this up? Because this seems like a, a commercial deal that's really of no significance to the fans. But it kind of it it kind of builds into when we talk about Arsenal's philosophy and Arsenal's plan, which again people may not agree with, and again people will be skeptical around whether it's actually going to work or not. But it is a plan that involves good marketing, doing things like giving Emil Smith Rowe the number 10, making him your kind of creative talisman, you know, helping the brand, et cetera, et cetera, by doing that. And then you see an Emil Smith Rowe get some kind of kickback off of that. And he's probably going to get a much bigger deal than he had previously. So Arsenal just showing that they're, some of their actions in the market are actions that are with good foresight. You know, somebody like Emil Smith-Rowe, you think he's going to be a star, sign him up on a new deal, give him the number 10 contract. And now we're talking about the young lad who nobody really knew all that much about outside of Arsenal Football Club prior to last December being uh, touted by all of the big uh, boot manufacturers so that he can do a big money sponsorship deal. So Arsenal are building for the future. These players have it all to gain if they can perform, if they can develop. Because for me, they are the future, but they're also real stars in the making. And I know there'll be young players throughout the years who you felt were going to go to that level and didn't necessarily do it. But Arsenal, I think, is a place now where good things are happening, good things are bubbling under the surface, but we just have to be that little bit more patient. And and as I said earlier on, look, a lot of us will feel that this probably should have been the position we found ourselves in two years ago, but it isn't. And it is what it is. And, and now we're looking at it and I'm looking at it and I'm positive about a number of factors. Still a lot of things we need to work on. I still think as an attacking force, we need to improve. We need to be more decisive, make better decisions, execute passes better. Um, and if we can do that, then our goal threat, uh, goal threat will increase significantly. But I'm, I'm okay with giving this a bit more time at the moment. The couple of wins have obviously given... Mikel Arteta is a much needed respite, but obviously the big one comes up on Sunday and that's the one that I think a lot of people will be uh, casting greater judgment over. So uh, fingers crossed we get all three points and we can move on. Right, let's say a few hellos in the chat box. There are loads of you here. Uh, please do drop your questions and thoughts in and I'll pick out as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the stream. I just want to pick up this comment from Mark, uh, which he dropped in right at the start of the stream. He says, hi, Harry. Just want to put out a big rest in peace out to Jimmy Greaves, the messy of his time. For football fans of a similar age to me, we will have fond memories of the Saint and Greavesy show 
every Saturday. Yeah, I've heard countless things and, and accounts of the Saint and Greavesy show a little bit before my time, but by all accounts, it, it was a fantastic thing. And, and you know, Jimmy Greaves, not just a really talented footballer, but an excellent broadcaster as well. And somebody that I had a lot of respect for. We did mention it uh, on the Social Club show live last night. Uh, but of course, we send our condolences and well wishes to everybody who uh, was friends or family or anybody who knew uh, the late Jimmy Greaves. Right. Uh, let's see what, what we've got in the comments section uh, from you guys. Uh, Saeed Abdullah says, Harry, would you start Xhaka on Sunday? Um, no, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. Because I think that we've clearly decided we want to play a certain way this season. And a lot of that is based on breaking that those, those lines a little bit quicker. It's about pressing people. It's about being a little bit more aggressive. And I think against Spurs, we're going to need to be more of a pressing side than we were against Burnley because Spurs are going to try and play football. Spurs are going to try and come out of their half and they're going to try and take the game to us at various points. Whereas with Burnley, the first half was basically Burnley just sitting off us and letting us have the ball. And only in the second half, um, when they started to come on to us a little bit, did we see that if we had you know, that, that we did have to play under pressure, that we did have to beat presses and we did have to react quickly. And I don't think that Xhaka is necessarily um, at his best when you're asking him to be that little bit more aggressive in terms of his positioning. So I'd leave him out. You know, I don't think that um, that Sambi's really put a foot wrong. I think that Ainsley Maitland-Niles was OK against Norwich, but was very good when he came on against Burnley. I don't think that Thomas Partey is is an issue at the moment. I think he's going to be fit to play against Spurs on Sunday. And so, no, I'd probably leave Granite Xhaka out, if I'm being honest. Uh, not sure that's what Mikel Arteta would do. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, let's see what else we've got. I'll take this one from... Where is it? Here it is, John Daly. Do you think Ramsdale will be England's number one now too. Never really been a Pickford fan, if I'm honest. I'm not a massive fan of Jordan Pickford either. And one of the things that Jordan Pickford often gets praised for is distribution. Well, based on what we've seen from Aaron Ramsdale, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next keeper that Gareth Southgate turns to. Um, I don't think he's there just yet. And I think we have to be careful not to go too overboard because it's only been a couple of games against probably two of the worst three or four sides in the Premier League. So I think you have to, Remember that, and and that shouldn't be forgotten when discussing him. But obviously, very very pleased by what we've seen of Aaron Ramsdale so far. Don Saki says, "Hi Harry, with the defence being set, would you replace the backup centre backs?" Yeah, I think that's something that you should look at. But I guess for me, you need to build the first eleven first, right? You know, once you've done that, then you can start adding strength and depth. I, you know, this might sound silly. I don't think that Rob Holding is the worst backup centre half in the world. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's the worst. I think Pablo Marie has looked poor at the start of this season, but I've seen enough from him previously to say he could do a job as well if called upon. But yeah, in an ideal world, you want to nail down your first 11, get that as strong as you can, and then you start adding strength in depth. That's um, that's my view. Uh, Steve Stone says, Harry, how do you feel Per Mertesaka is performing with regards to the academy? Well, Per Mertesaka is someone who works away in the background and actually we don't really have a, 
a good understanding, a good knowledge of what it is he actually does in terms of a hands-on basis. We know he's the academy manager. We know he oversees everything, but he doesn't coach. He doesn't, you know, get kind of uh, hands-on, if you like. So, yeah, I think that the fact that we've got some players breaking through from there now means that he is doing a good job to a degree, to a point, uh, obviously, which I'm pleased about. So uh, let's see how he does. You know, I think that's one of those jobs where you only really see the benefits from your labour, if you like, three, four seasons down the line. So we'll we'll hold fire on that one uh, for now. Uh, Wesbird says, would you start Laconga on Partey or would you bring him on later like Arteta did on Saturday against Burnley? Yeah, I'd start them. I'd start Laconga on Partey for me. I think that's the right way to go. Uh, Riddy Sarkar says, Harry, what are your thoughts on Bern Leno? Should he continue to play back up to Ramsdale or should we sell him soon? Well, I wouldn't sell him now because we could, well, you can't sell him now because the transfer window's closed, but I'd only sell him if we were, ha- if we had plans to bring someone else in because I don't think Bern Leno is going to fetch an awful lot of money next summer because of his contract situation. And therefore, is that amount of money that you're going to fetch worth the risk of losing Aaron Ramsdale to injury, for example, and having to throw an Oconqua or a Carl Hine into the kind of, um, into the Premier League. I'm not sure. You know, for me, I think that you keep hold of him. I think that, you know, you look at it next summer and you probably do cash in on him, whatever money's on the table. But for now, I think we've got two good goalkeepers at the football club. I've, lost my rag with Berlin on a number of occasions and I'm not his biggest fan, but I still recognise that he is up to a certain standard that most clubs don't have as a second choice goalkeeper. So if that is indeed what he is now. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd keep hold of him. And I think he will get his opportunities to to win his position back a little bit later on. Uh, Bonster says, nice to finally catch you live, Harry. I've been positively impressed with Maitland-Nazi midfield as I'd previously written him off playing in there. I'd written him off too. And although I thought he'd, he'd made a really good, you know, showing or get, gave a really good showing against Burnley when he came off the bench, it was just a short period of time. And I'd like to see him maybe given the opportunity a little bit more in and around that position to make a real judgment on on how good he really is and whether he can be our man in the middle moving forward, or at least an option for Arsenal in the middle moving forward. Right, let's have a quick check-in on the likes. Where are we at in terms of likes right now? Hold on a second, because there are currently over a couple of hundred of you watching us on YouTube alone right now. But we have only got, if it ever loads, 47 likes on the board. Come on, guys, hit that like button. Hit the like button if you hate Tottenham. Uh, Let's get that up as high as we possibly can. Let's try and hit the 100 mark ASAP. Um, Let's see. it is going up slightly, but let's get it up quicker. Come on. As Wes Bird says in the chat, caress that like button, Gunas. Yeah, maybe we should stop smashing it and we should caress it moving forward. I definitely think that's the way to go. Uh, thank you, Wes Bird. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, right. We are going to wrap it up. Um, if you want to check out this week's edition of The Social Club, you can. It's the last video on the channel. It's the last podcast in the feed. Uh, really good being joined by Simon Alavi and Daniel DeLuca again uh, to talk about not just Arsenal, but some of the big stories 
from the Premier League. Fantastic stuff. Uh, also, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, two live podcasts. So looking forward to bringing you those uh, as well. If you've got any questions, drop them in the comments. I do always look at them and I'll try and get back to as many of you as possible. But as I say, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Leave us a review if you're listening via the uh, audio uh, platforms and I will be back very very soon until then take care of yourselves and stay safe ciao you're listening to the chronicles of Aguna the Arsenal podcast I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon